from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Hope you enjoyed my interview with Milo yesterday. I certainly did. And today, a crazy Jew funeral. How about that? From a couple of months ago, joining me also, Larry Izzo. Hey, Larry. Hey, Pat. How are you? We call you uh, the Axe Exterminator. Because you are an axe exterminator. Did you say axe exterminator yeah. or axe exterminator? Because I've used an axe a few times. Oh, my God. What if you were an axe exterminator? An axe exterminator. <laughs> an axe bug murderer. <laughs> Crazy Jew funeral uh, back in April. And this is a story that I thought was interesting, but I kind of, um, you know, just we I don't know if we ever got around to talking about it. Uh, huge funeral here. And uh, it was for uh, Rabbi uh, Yisrael uh, Avraham, Portugal. Died at 95, okay. Uh, apparently he's very popular. Okay, this guy had a lot of fucking friends. Because hmm. this thing starts, and it's just... I mean, the photos, the overhead photos that we saw, it was, it was, it was just stunning how many Hasidic uh, Jewish people there were. Um, just go upstate New York <laughs> to Margaretsville. I think there's tons of them. Well, in Brooklyn, there's tons, you know. That's but, true. Uh, Marcy Avenue. Hey, uh, uh, is that in Borough Park? Marcy Avenue's down by in Williamsburg, actually. Williamsburg, yeah. Well, this guy, uh, all these uh, mourners gathered for the funeral in Borough Park. And uh, someone had a uh, drone. Well, the drone lost power, fell down, and hit a cop in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it was minor injuries for the cop. Uh, but then uh, another cop got his foot run over, got run over by a car that was in the procession. So it was this kind of a, <laughs> just a trial over a botched class experiment that badly burned a high school student began with a graphic description of the fireball that melted his ears. What an irresistible lead paragraph. <laughs> irresistible. Let's hear it again. <laughs> a trial over a botched chemistry class experiment that badly burned a high school student began with a graphic description of the fireball that melted his ears. Irresistible. Alonzo Yanes, he was only 16. Would that be Yanez? Uh, uh, let's say Yanes. Alonzo Yanes was only 16 when his teacher, Anna Poole, made a, chem a critical mistake while conducting a rainbow experiment at the, at the Beacon School. This was in 2014. She was trying to demonstrate how mineral salts produce multicolored flames when burned. Poole poured a gallon container of methanol straight onto Petri dishes that had just been on fire. Well, the ensuing chemical reaction created a flame that whipped into the methanol jug, creating a fireball-like blowtorch. It whipped into the methanol jug, creating a <laughs> fireball-like blowtorch. Fireball like a blowtorch. And Yane's attorney uh, said, you know, this is in, in the opening statements here. So uh, the injuries are great and are so significant that this is too much for any child to take. Well, if it melted his ears. Jesus, you think? That is ear-melting. They were just doing a little experiment. Oh, yeah, Ru Rubenowitz. And now describing uh, him rolling on the classroom floor, screaming, help me. Uh, he is. What do you do when your ears are on fire, though? I mean, that's kind of a... What do you do, roll around and hit your head? On the well, you're supposed to stop, drop, and roll, uh, but with your ears, <laughs> stop, I mean... drop, like, and roll. <laughs> you're, uh... You bob for apples. <laughs> yeah, bob for apples. That's it, yeah. Look for the nearest fall festival <laughs> and quickly, quickly inquire about the... Uh, yeah, that kid would have loved to have had an apple bobbing. Concession. <laughs> Concession. He's completely without fault. He lost his face at 16. For the rest yes. of his life, he's going to wonder, what would I have looked like 
If I hadn't been scarred, everywhere he goes, people will ask, what happened to you? Well, very few will ask that re- in reality. I guess he's got a major lawsuit with the uh, school. Huh? You would think. Sodomize him. He would. Uh, I mean, like, uh, he said the city was liable for negligence before, during, and after the tragedy. That's what the attorney said. He's uh, liable for negligence before, during, and after. The trial's expected to last around four weeks. The last month, two other students who suffered much less severe injuries from the experiment. <laughs> so this resulted in <laughs> multiple lawsuits here. Several injuries. Multiple <laughs> cases. Yeah. I wonder what they say. What did they? What happened to them? Less severe though for the experiment. The Upper West Side uh, High School received a settlement over one million. So two students wow. received a, a settlement over one million. Uh, this guy, who is not in the class in, in the courtroom, he's expected to testify. Well, they want to wait and unveil him like a big unveiling. I'm sure like, <laughs> they want <gasps> right. They want to like really. They want a bunch of shocked ass motherfuckers. One like man, that kid is burned. Got to buy him a monocle. Just he wears glasses. <laughs> Get him a monocle. He's only got one eye. They've it's been burned oh, down into shit. one. What do you think he looks like? He looks like his face like hamburger meat. He was on the like other it. end of the rainbow. So there's, there's over a million dollars there. So uh, Giannis was not in the classroom. as expected to testify. He underwent extreme and painful skin grafts that uh, removed part of his that removed parts of his skull and lungs. Jesus, leaving fifty percent of his body altered by the incident. That is a hell of a skin graft. It, uh, parts of his skull and le- remove parts of his skull and his lungs. Is that how skin grafts work? You use a little bit of skull. They usually take it from the inner your thighs or your buttocks. I think. Yeah, know, maybe he keeps graft. his skull down in his butt or something. Because right. I don't know why they'd be using his skull, leaving fifty percent of his body altered. Fifty percent. I mean, whatever this kid wants, give it to him. Exactly. I say. <laughs> I mean, he's fucked. It sounds like. Do they have prosthetic ears? Well, I'm sure they do, yeah. How do they attach? That's the other thing. Like a clip? Clip ons. <laughs> yeah. What? Double Windsor. <laughs> Got little cases for them? Yeah, there's a stud with it behind it, you know. Right. When he returned to the school, he wore special bandages covering his burns. Bullies nicknamed him the Burn Kid, which is, frankly... Not that bad. Not that bad. It could have been worse. The burn kid? Yeah. That's generous. Thank you, bullies. Exactly. For call- The burn kid. Yeah, we all know who that is. Uh, the, the student's mother sued the city on his behalf. She attended the trial. Uh, Poole, who was expected to take the stand, sat in the courtroom, her hands trembling. So still hands trembling uh, in 2014. She's already, like, dealt with this in two other situations, I guess. Wow. Because, you know, these other two students who got a million dollars each, she's like, Christ, what? this is the big one, too. This guy, no telling what he's going to get. But this is a... What happened to the teacher? Did she uh, get fired or... No, she's sitting in court. Uh, well, did you have a metal shop or wood shop when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did a couple of little things. Not a lot. I think I made the uh, thing. You oh, know, really? where, you, where you build the little car. Built a shitty little car. Did you do it with a milk crate and uh, a two-by-four and skates? Oh, no, you're talking about the thing where you actually ride in the car? I made a little model car out of wood that had a little CO2 cartridge in the back that propelled it. Right, yeah, they they used to make little soap cars, and you would, you know, pedal them or push them with your feet. No, nothing like that, no. But anyway, why did you ask? Um, Just wondering. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, you might have thought I had an interesting story about it. I don't. Uh, we had uh, D.M. Hines was the teacher, and he was a very stern man, 
The other guy was Mr. Allen, another stern man, but a different type, you know? Like, Hines seemed like an old, like, uh, sort of a college football coach type of dude. And uh, Mr. Allen seemed more like a 60s radical who just kind of like, you know, even as a radical was more conservative than most kids today. Right. And he, uh, yeah, a bearded type, you know what I mean? Well, the reason I'm asking, because I took metal shop and I took wood shop. I knew you'd remember if I kept talking. Metal, <laughs> it's a little thing, it's a senior <laughs> thing. But uh, metal shop, <laughs> I was guilty of this as well. They used to have a chuck on the lathe. We're dining at Chuck on the it lathe. It was a major big lathe about the size of a keyboard, right? Portable keyboard. And they used to have a chuck key, which you used to open and put the metal in, the mm. chuck, and then, you know, grind it down or file it down, whatever. So what happened was he would leave the chuck key in. He would leave the chuck key no, in. No, we would forget to take the chuck key out after we put our piece in and tightened it up, and uh -huh. you would forget. Everybody leave, forgot. Leave the chuck key and in. And that thing would whip around and... Put many dents in the blackboard and the uh, broke oh, the backboard once and it could have killed somebody. Could have killed somebody. Could have taken an eye out easily. They would make us take our ties off because those days we had to wear ties in school. Jesus. So you wouldn't get wrapped around the, the lathe. Of course, you get you, you pull yeah. your face right down into the fucking shit. Yeah, it was very cool though. I made a ball peen hammer. You made one. I right? made a ball out of peen. What? Still have it. Out of a piece of metal, we noiled the knurled. I don't knurled. I think it's a knurling. We knurled the edge, uh, the handle, which was pretty cool. And uh, Wait, what does that mean? You knurled it. It's like a rough finish, like the top of this microphone. Uh huh. It's like a grit, so you can grip have a handle. Oh, oh, you knurled it. I, I get it. It's called knurling. Yeah, you knurled it. I don't know. Knurled. Right. Is that an Olympic sport? Knurling. Knurling might be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pearl Mixon said was an accomplished and, and respected teacher who followed the necessary guidelines. Uh, there, well, there was a lightning strike. That, that was uh, there was a lightning strike. That was an accident that no one could have prepared for. Well, I don't know about that. She fucked up. Is what she did. It already explained that she fucked up. She poured a gallon container of methanol straight into a pe onto petri dishes that had just been on fire. She poured flammable liquid onto something. Which, which was very hot still from just being on fire. Yeah, she must have a degree. Yeah, what is she, <laughs> what is she trying to do? Yeah, what a dum-dum. A, deg a degree in arson. <laughs> All aboard! The Central Park Five prosecutor, Elizabeth Letterer, has resigned as a, as a Columbia law professor after black student protest. Holy crap. Manhattan assistant DA, Elizabeth Letterer, a prosecutor in the overturned Central Park Five conviction, resigned Wednesday from Columbia Law School where she served as a part-time professor after a group of black students called on her to quit. You know why they called on her to quit? Because they saw the fucking movie. <laughs> it's true. They made a little, uh, what do you call it, uh, documentary dra drama out of it. And uh, they, 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 they took some liberties, apparently, you know. And so uh, they made this woman look terrible. And uh, look, I mean, if you're teaching at Columbia Law, well, you know, you're already in hell anyway. Exactly. You're probably better off. A controversy over the conviction of the men has been reignited after the release of a fictionalized, 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 fictionalized version of the events called When They See Us. And it's on Netflix. If you've seen it, I'd love to hear what you thought. I haven't seen it. I should see it. And I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I pledge this at this moment. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to come up with all the factual problems with it that i can find okay factual not like you know and, and of course i'll speculate and uh, <laughs> all that stuff too but <laughs> just the factual stuff because you know like everybody that i've talked to about the central park five 
police officers, they say, and, and there's white ones, there's black ones, you know, alike. They right. say that those guys were guilty. It's not about just the DNA that was in the woman's pussy. Right. You know, which right. they they know there was semen in there that belonged to this guy who was already locked up forever. Right. They got $41 million on this. They, uh, a payment, which is a lot of fucking money. Wow. And their sentences were like, you know, seven years, eight years, whatever. I'm not saying that's nothing, but I'm, what I'm saying is, <sighs> I pity the fool. Does the time fit the crime? $41 million. I mean, it was supposed to be for like a, assault, rape, shit like that. Mm. That They were wilding in the park. This is the original jogger. She was beaten almost to death. Now, I don't think that this guy, this is back in like the 80s, I don't think that this guy who raped her did it alone. I don't think he beat her that badly by himself. Her ocular bone broken, you know, she couldn't see. She was, I almost, remember she was this, almost yeah. dead, yeah. This is a huge case. Yeah, This was the... Central Park or, jogger. Yes. Almost yeah. dead. And so Wilding, that was back when Tone Loke's song, Wild Thing, was out. And I don't know, I don't think there was actually a connection, but they were they called it Wilding. And the, and when the detectives were interviewing them, they thought they were saying Wild Thing. We oh, doing, I see. <laughs> and so they thought there was some kind of connection that they, or they were doing the Wild Thing, I think. Because wilding now is what I've heard. It's kind of worn out as the thing. Well, now what is it where they come up to you and just cold cock you, punch that's, you in the face? That, that's called the uh, the knockout game. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, they. It's if let's say that if I walked up and I hit an old black lady in the head and ran away, that would be a hate crime, right. probably. If. A black kid walks up and hits an old white lady in the head. It's a game. It's a game. It's the knockout game. What? You don't want to play the game? Yeah. Well, the miniseries has reignited a painful and vital national conversation about race, identity, and criminal justice. I am deeply committed to fostering a learning environment that furthers this important and ongoing dialogue. One that draws upon the lived experiences of all members of our community and actively confronts the most difficult issues of our time. Oh, he's the dean. <laughs> and it's a woman, Jillian Lester, I guess is her name. Dean Jillian Lester told Bloomberg News. Okay. Jillian Lester. Okay, so the Black Law Students Association calling letterer's actions racist demands on Tuesday that the administration dump her from the faculty where she serves as a lecturer in law. Uh-huh. That was fucking today. They also want Columbia Law School to revamp its curriculum to battle what they call institutionalized racism in the legal system. Well, this is exhausting. This is just an exhausting thing. Columbia Law School should fire her, uh, but that's just a start, reads the letter. Uh, the the uh, school needs to address the racism and how the school is to, how the law is taught. You know, they're never going to make everyone happy on this stuff. They're just not. It's impossible. It and, is and impossible. Like, and, and, and that's by design, too. I mean, like uh, if you listen to any of the good civil rights activists, black activists and stuff, they say, our work will never be done. You know, I mean, like, they're very outspoken and, and direct about that. So The Reverend Al. The Reverend Al. I mean, like, if it was not for the racial grievance industry, he wouldn't have a job. Right, exactly. Haven't you made enough money off of this kind of thing, you wonder? You know, I mean, like, give it up. There's enough pain in the world. But I don't get how he came back from the Tawana Broly thing, personally. But Jesus, you got up. You said a mouthful there. That is, he was... 
wrong he was capital dead. W and said so many things. Well, and he and going back to Crown Heights again, you know, he was also involved with the Crown Heights. And he was just he, he was <laughs> he really stoked a lot of fucking tension. A lot he stoked a lot of anger in that He's a stoker. In, in that neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> He's a stoker. That red front out. He's a stoker. Stoker. <laughs> He's a stoker. Stoker. Letterer is taking a new heat after the release of the blockbuster new Netflix documentary about the wrongful conviction of five young black men for a 1989 attack on a white jogger in the park. Now, she was the main prosecutor on the case, along with Linda Fairstein, who is now a fiction writer. Well, students say they pushed for her ouster six years ago, but Columbia took no action except to uh, remove a reference to the Central Park case in her official biography on the school's website. That's a pretty good action to take. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> How did you learn that she was... Okay, good. And then they take that off. We really... <laughs> I... <sighs> Boy, oh boy, I, I just don't know about this. I just don't know. I know that. I mean, a lot of people think like it's cut and dried, you know, because of the that's it, because of the DNA, the DNA found proof that they didn't do this, they didn't rape that woman. I don't know if they were all locked up for the rape of that woman. Those guys, but they were all there. Were all they? They all confessed. Hmm. And the confessions, you know, they oh, they were coerced. Their parents were there. I think they had lawyers. But I don't they were know. coerced. But they were coerced. Everything's coerced. It's like it's very look, again, I just I'm just trying to say I would not I would be saying the same thing if these were white guys or a mix of white and black guys. It doesn't matter to me. Right. Although, you know, let's face it, if there were white guys and black guys, it wouldn't be the Central Park five. It'd be the Central Park three and then the other two. Right. You know. <laughs> people tend to it seems like people do crimes. Central Park three and then the white boys. It, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like people do crimes like mostly along racial? Well, they don't really join up for them too much. Right, exactly. Wonder why that is. Uh, so you remember this? Yeah, I mean, I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and uh, I'm gonna find all the. You're gonna get this. You think you won't, but you will. I'm gonna actually do this. I I find this interesting, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see what. Uh, We'll just see. I have this letter here. It's on their Twitter, and that's why I'm... I'm says she's not the first prosecutor to send innocent black and Latinx... <laughs> By the way, they're they're not Latino now. They're Latinx. T-I-N-X, which... Uh, yeah. Latinx. Latinx. <laughs> I mean, that's... I, I don't know that it's actually supposed to be pronounced Latinx, but it's, um, I suppose, you know, so you don't have to be Latino and Latina, men and women. Yes. Okay. Consolidate. She's not the first prosecutor to send innocent black and Latinx children to prison, nor will she be the last. Rather, the legal system as a whole, including legal education, endorses uh, a uh, a carceral state that devalues the lives of black and brown people. Huh, yeah, so they were beating the shit out of people in the park, and uh, the law is devaluing the lives of black people. Yeah, it's, uh, this is something else. You I, know, I, the old Italian gangsters used to have a saying, you do the crime, you do the time. <laughs> and then Rico came along. And, and like, then, Rico then they had a newer saying, which is, <laughs> I'm not doing 40 years. I'm ratting on my mother. She, she was the head of the operation. <laughs> <laughs> not over this bullshit. Do you think, though, that uh, fiction on fictionalized stuff should like create this kind of awareness that it does? I mean, like they've really, they really seem like they found a way to um, 
to get these issues highlighted in, in the public's eyes, just to make a story about Ab- it. Yeah, absolutely, they do. And it's a lot of it's fictional. But they don't care what they say anymore. It's just a matter of they get the story out, and then everything gets all discombobulated. And uh, Well, this is, a, I mean, it's like a, it's a fictionalized version of it. Mm-hmm. It's not even beholden to be like, you know, this is the absolute fact. So when people watch it, they they obviously are aware that it's designed to, maybe they're not aware that it's designed to make them feel a certain way. Maybe they're not. And they, uh, but they wouldn't care anyway because mm. it's like this is what I feel and this is what I think after I see this. And it's, and right. It's not quite fair. It's exactly what they did with, uh, you know, making a murderer seems he murdered somebody, and the evidence is pretty, you know, extensive. But they did this documentary, making a murderer, and a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, he's innocent! They got him in jail. He's innocent. He picked on him. They were mad that he got out." And <sighs> I don't know, man. I just don't. I just don't think it's 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 right to, that that they're able to influence real life with their stupid fucking movies and shit like this. Not to this extent. Not to that extent, right? It's, no. In Windsor, Connecticut, this is a, a New York City area close enough. Fluids leaking from a decomposing body upstairs have forced health officials to close a Connecticut restaurant. WFSB reports Windsor police were called to the Siam Corner Thai Kitchen and Faux Restaurant May 29th. That was for a report of a foul odor and a reddish-brown liquid dripping from the ceiling. Behind the counter in the restaurant. Behind the counter in the restaurant is a a, a liquid dripping from the ceiling, which happens to come from a cadaver? Happens to come from a cadaver upstairs. They entered the apartment, and the the body had been dead. The the tenant's body had been dead for several days. So somebody was living above a Chinese restaurant. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it could be a bad egg roll. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were like sort of like uh, we got some duck that's about to turn. We'll send it up to this dude. On the other hand, never heard of anybody but dying from bad duck. Although I did get sick over some bad rabbit. I got sick over some bad chicken. Bad rabbit. Bad partridge. Some bad chicken. Uh, did you have trouble eating chicken after that? Yes. Yeah. I got sick. I laid off a pizza for two years because <laughs> I got. It probably had nothing to do with the pizza. I was probably ill anyway, but I did get sick. No foul play. It's suspected. You know what I had to give up? Apples. Apples? I don't like them apples no more. (laughs) Retired NYPD detective known for his involvement in the Central Park 5 case was also the lead investigator in the 1990 murder of drug dealer Juan de Leon. Testified Monday at the alleged killer's trial. Well, it's a drug dealer, Juan de Leon. Juan de Leon. That's a familiar name. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? Did you know a drug dealer named Juan de Leon? No, it's probably a restaurant on 8th Avenue. Uh, Detective Robert Nugent conducted the initial interviews of de Leon's ex-girlfriend, Zunilda Rosario. Hmm. She's now on trial for his slaying. So this Detective Nugent, who conducted these initial uh, interviews of his ex-girlfriend, and she's on trial. I guess it's a cold case. They finally decided to. Now, does the name Corey Wise mean anything to you? And the no. Corey spelled with a K. Oh, this is <laughs> this is the defense lawyer asking Nugent on cross-examination. Yes, Nugent replied. Nugent, remember, is the detective conducting who conducted these initial interviews. You're the guy that smacked him in the head during the statement and caused him to lose his hearing. <laughs> Nugent said, I did no such thing. Calmly. Uh, Wise alleged that Nugent and other cops uh, beat and coerced him into falsely confessing to the beating and gang rape of jogger Trisha uh, Mealy in 1989. So he made this link between, you know, like this is the guy that, is, that investigated the fucking Central Park Five right. motherfuckers. 
how could he possibly have ever gotten anything right? Why don't they just throw out every case that these guys prosecuted? Their whole life's work. Holy shit. Because because they made a fucking documentary series. This guy's got to go. And so do all his cases. Yeah. Why is then 16 accused Nugent of slapping him across the head so far he lost his hearing in his right ear for two weeks? <laughs> Big fucking deal. You know? Big fucking deal. Two weeks? What did you miss? What did you really miss? Did you... Did you have to listen with one ear for a little while? Did you have to kind of... Was your life in mono for 14 days? I don't even believe it's true. Could have been worse. Could have had his ears burnt off like the other people. <laughs> yes, man. And that's what might have happened if this kid was going to school. Yeah. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Now, uh, the Netflix series, When They See Us, it depicts Central Park 5 being railroaded by police and prosecutors. Is it? It's ignited renewed outrage over the handling of the case. Boy, that was predictable. <laughs> the convictions, they were vacated. They went to million From the city after uh, an incarcerated serial killer took responsibility for the shocking crime. <sighs> A guy who was... Locked up, was never going anywhere, had no reason not to just go, yeah, no, those those guys, I didn't even see those guys. I did it all myself. <laughs> serial killer. What the fuck is he worried about? The city law department was just like, yeah, we got de Blasio now. De Blasio, his first thing was to drop the appeal and pay them anything they want. He's like, blank check. And so right. the Central Park Five's lawyers right, were like, this is what I have on background. They were like, okay, well, for I don't know when you let's say 41 million let's just go crazy 41 million we want 41 million dollars and they go okay great no problem signed no negotiation they just no well, exactly right it's amazing how they make those payouts though and just don't think twice about it what about the kid with but the they burn up face though, huh? with the burn up face what if that, that kid deserves 41 million dollars I mean, more than you know that ain't even gonna help share. that kid's face yeah he can have 41 million worth of surgery and ain't gonna help him <laughs> You know, 1989-90, okay, let's, let's look at something. How many murders were there last year? Do you know? No, I have no Okay, idea. Let's, let's find out. I I'm going to use both hands for one second. And meanwhile, you tell people how to find your show. Well, you can find my show on YouTube, Laughs with Larry, Cooking with Comics. Uh, it's a great show. We have a lot of great guests and a lot of great recipes. Or you can go to laughswithlarry.com, my website. And see all the 19 episodes up. Sounds good, Larry. Yeah. So, okay, the New York Times reported back in September 1989. Uh, see, murders, uh, murders in New York City are occurring at a rate almost identical to that of last year when a record 1,896 were reported. So in 88, there were 1,896, and they were on pace for 1,896 at this time in mm. September uh, for that year. And I know that in, in uh, 2000... I believe they hit the absolute peak. It was like over 2,000 murders. Wow. And that was in the city alone? And so here we are, New York City killing set a record while other crimes fell in 1990. <laughs> Let's look on the bright side here. <laughs> yeah, the number of murders in New York City rose to a record high in 1990, but reports of assault declined. Car theft and robbery increased sharply, but burglary and larceny dropped. Hard to believe. I, I, I think that... Uh, I don't know that burglary and larceny dropped. dropped. I think people just stopped reporting the fucking fact that a crackhead stole their TV. Because it's not going to, you know, yeah, I got Nothing's ripped off. Nothing's going to happen. They're not going to find anybody. I got robbed one time. My house got robbed. And cops, in the rain, it was pouring rain. They're taking 
fingerprints, and I was laughing because they actually told me, we're never going to find these guys. Oh, my God. Okay. So, 1989, they ended up actually breaking the record from the previous year, which was 1,800-something. They, they got 1,905 in 89, and in, 2000, and in, in 1990, 2,245 murders. 2,245 people killed wow. in 1990. So, everybody was on crack. There you go. And New York City was on crack. It was, a, it was, a, it, New York City it was a really bad place to be throughout the 70s, 80s, and into the 90s until, you know, until they kind of got their shit together in, right. in the 90s. Now, New York City murders were on the rise in 2018 uh, over 2017. Okay, so in 2017, fewer than 300 murders. So they're wow. down by almost 2,000 murders from 1990. So when you look at, oh, wow, the Central Park Five and all that, a little context for how fucked up it was. Back then. Nobody was trying to, like, you know, just be sloppy, fuck it up, fuck up people's lives. Personally, every cop that I've talked to, like I said, white and black alike, has said, None those guys are guilty. So... You know, I, I it, it's you can say like, well, you know, DNA wise, that's it. Yeah, well, they didn't leave any semen in her pussy <laughs> or anywhere right, else right, where right, you know they right. took a sample. <laughs> Do they really use condoms in a rape situation? That uh, five guys are gangbanging. I wonder. Well, yeah, they don't want to get her pregnant, and then they'll have to like marry her. <laughs> you never want to have to marry your rape victim, you know, nah. just because of a pregnancy. That's a that's a that's a toughie. That's a bad marriage. Yeah, that's, that's a bad start. It's built in. Yeah, even a lot of priests will say, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "Larry, so you know, we have a conversation um, going back a little bit. It was about bed bugs, and yes. uh, that has yet to uh, make it onto the show because uh, well, there, there's only a limited amount of fucking shit I can do. God knows, crime is bigger than bed bugs unless they're in your house, <laughs> and then there's nothing bigger then than there's bed nothing bugs. Bigger than bed but actually, you know, like uh, yeah, I always like to. Sometimes I just end up saving this kind of. You know, any anything that I have in the can that's kind of like, what do you call it, um, you know, evergreen? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know, I hoard it. <laughs> I just don't want to let go of it for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why. I'm like, I don't need to use that now. It's like having your lifeline that you don't want to like use. But uh, all this conversation will be deleted. Wouldn't that be something? That would be fun. Wouldn't it be something if, this, <laughs> if everything that we're saying for the last 30 seconds or so was gone, Was deleted. Yeah, just deleted. Boy, but... It's all in the story. I'll link you to it there over at uh, crimereport.nyc. A student is suing a Long Island school over an off-campus... This has all kind of been uh, in court. An off-campus party beating. What's an off-campus party beating? Well, it's this right here. You see this video. What you're looking at is an off-campus party beating. Um, Was it like a pledge or just a beating? Well, it's... Drunks at parties. Party beating. You know, uh, is that a you're, game? I you're looking know. at it. <laughs> you know the exact same amount I know. Right. Like, a, what do you observe? It looks like a lot of violence. People throwing punches. Right. And uh, the link to this video will also be. It doesn't look like anything anybody needs to be suing over for crying out loud. Nah. But that's what's happening. Uh, yes, a, a Long Island student who has uh, who had his nose broken, uh, teeth knocked out, and face cut in a beating by several other classmates off campus. Classmates off campus. He filed a $10 million notice of claim against his school district for failing to protect him from the bullies. Failed to protect him from the bullies. 18-year-old Ethan Trito 
claims the attack stemmed from a dispute in a school classroom at Center Moriches High School, late May. That figures. Yeah. Oh, what was that? The Center Moriches? Center Moriches? What about Center Moriches? That's, uh, to me, I don't uh, like the town. It's, uh, oh, that's a town? Center yeah, Moriches? Center Moriches. is used to fish out there a lot. It's, uh, oh, okay. So used to be a lot of bungalows, a lot of summer place, and then it turned into a little seedy area right there. Oh. I'm not wild about it. Turned into a whole thing. Mm. Center Moriches. Uh, are there several Moriches? That's Center Moriches? I don't really know. Like I just left, know. Left and right Mariches, no, East, West Mariches. I don't think Mariches. so. I think there's just Center Mariches. That's Central Mariches, Center Mariches. Okay, well, Trado said that he told a security guard after a click of about 10 bullies blocked him uh, walking uh, into a bathroom stall because they were vaping. They blocked him. They were vaping. He tattled for them vaping. They say blocked him walking into a bathroom stall because they were vaping. He needed to go into the bathroom stall. We don't even know if it was a one or a two. And he was going to, and he's like, hey, I can't use the bathroom because these guys are in there vaping. These guys are vaping. Vaping. Okay. So he's telling on people for smoking, this guy. Vaping. And he's 18 and high school, tattling. Two days later, at a house party over Memorial Day weekend, the boozed up bullies jumped him, <laughs> knocking out a number of his teeth. That's overkill. Breaking his nose, knocking him unconscious. They jumped him and they beat the hell out of him, said uh, one witness or... Maybe, I don't it's know, kind of a serious penalty there. For it's kind of a hardcore. Fuck. I mean, I wonder what they did to these kids. Did they expel yeah. them? Did they say, you don't graduate now? They probably just took away their vapes. I mean, what are they maybe he do? was. Maybe they said, you have to repeat senior year or something. You know, you know. We got caught smoking in the, in the bathrooms, and they didn't do shit to us. But yeah, but I mean, it was back in the old days when shit was reasonable. That's Shit's true. not reasonable Nothing's anymore. Nothing's reasonable anymore. But then again, people, maybe you have a point, because people are walking around now smoking weed in high schools. Some high schools, they got kids openly smoking weed in the halls. And where was this? Queens. In well, They jumped him. They beat the hell out of him. They, they kicked him. They beat him while he was on the ground. They broke his nose. They fractured his teeth. They lacerated his ear. Shit. Wow. He claims the school is legally on the hook for the beating because it has a code of conduct that includes a ban on injuring or making threats to another student off campus. I don't really see how... The school is responsible. I mean... Center Mariches High School has a policy saying don't do that, right? And then people did it. Well, how are they on the hook? Because it happened when it was against the rules? Yeah, I They're mean. They're supposed to have, like, so what are they supposed to do? Follow every student around all the time? Exactly. How do you figure out what the hell's going on? Jesus fucking Christ. That is just, a, that's unreasonable to me. Uh, Mullins claims, now Mullins must be the guy's lawyer. That, uh, yeah, his attorney, Kenneth Mullins, M-O-L-L-I-N-S. This, this link will also be at crimereport.nyc. It is there now. I say, look, I, I've, I'm sympathetic to anybody who has their teeth fucking broken out, ear lacerated, Ear lacerated, fuck. nose yeah. broken. Nose, that's all bad, bad. But don't tattle on people for fucking vaping in a... I don't even know why they need to all be crowded up in a fucking stall to vape. To vape. But they did. And there's 10 of them, and you told on them. They, see... The, the way that's put in here is very sympathetic to him. He told a school security guard after a, a click of about 10 bullies, they're not bullies yet. <laughs> now they're just guys. Now they're just guys. I don't even think they're bullies at this point. Nah. They just fucking, they were angry. They retaliated. He told a school security guard after a click of about 10 bullies, blocked him walking into a bathroom stall because they were vaping. 
I remember there was a time when I couldn't really read between the lines. I would just take that for literally, you know, like... Being the they, truth? They wrote it that way because they mean it that way. He right. was blocked from going into the... And I was just very... And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Wait a second. Imagine what's being said. Visualize. Visualize. It. It. Ten guys are vaping in a fucking thing. No, do you do you make an do you make an issue of this? Like, oh, you're blocking me. Oh, man, I tell you something. I don't like the fact that I can't tell ten people what to do. Let me go out here and tell the security guard and get right. them all. Let me get ten people in trouble just so I can go to the bathroom and not go to this <laughs> other one. Oh, that other one's in the other hex. It's way on down. <laughs> right, right. You fucking. I, I, he, I would, and he lives to tattle. That's what it is. I, I mean, he lives to tattle. He's like, hey, 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 hey. you know what this looks like? It looks like the movie The Outsiders. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, you know, it's it's that's about the level of fucking scrap Macchio. we're talking about. Yeah, nothing gold can stay. Yeah, golden boy, stay real. Nothing. <laughs> stay, 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 stay real, real. pony boy. Stay real, pony. Uh, yeah, stay, stay gold. Stay golden, pony boy. Right. Let's get in the cage. Cage goes in the water. Sharks in the water. And uh, Larry, we, we know where to find your show. We know you. We know we know how you used to make a living. X Exterminator, Larry. True. Is and uh, yeah, one of the one of the finest X Exterminators in comedy. Uh, look for his new podcast coming soon. The thrill of the kill. The thrill of the kill. Thanks for being here one more time, Larry. All right, Pat. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.